0: It's almost that time. It's almost 8 o'clock here at the sprawling state-of-the-art studios of Mutiny Radio, coming to you from the heart of the Mission District of San Francisco, California. Today is December 29th, 2021. It is a cold and noirish night outside. Icy cold, wet, the streets are deserted. We are all trembling on the edge of the razor, waiting for that which we know not. But we know it's coming. I hope you've enjoyed the variety of progressive rock that I've brought to you this evening. i Perkins Warbeck. I've enjoyed this immensely, and I will see you hear you. We will hear each other next week at the same time. Good night.
2: It's it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny. Uh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Uh, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with
0: Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh my Mike Spiegelman. Hey, oh, Mike
2: Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman.
3: Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, that stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike.
2: Thanks for having me back again,
3: especially in this year of public domain. That's right. This is 2022, as the kids say, and we are uh, celebrating every year now, starting in the Trump administration, every year now we have movies that appear in the public domain long last so after 75 years movies are liberated and of course they're on youtube so we are going to watch a movie today uh in the public domain and we are on mutiny radio carl uh every sunday at 2 p.m we are also uh available as a podcast that's by its acronym which we set up front l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t y-t stands for youtube, YouTube. Uh, hey, I didn't write it. No, I didn't. I, I didn't come up with the name YouTube. So uh, we want you to find, watch this movie with us, find, watch it on YouTube, and listen to this our podcast, right? Our streaming show here on Mutiny Radio, right? At you the can same hit the time. It's
2: the donut button. It's a donut.
3: Yeah. we have a Patreon page, Mutiny Radio. It's uh, the reason why we're here. It supports us. So why don't you uh, give a donation? You could go to Mutiny Radio. FM and click the donation button. Goes to the Patreon page. We also have a. They also have a Venmo account at Mutiny Radio. Throw in a couple bucks. Carl, do you know there's live comedy that uh, on internet audiences can listen to on Mutiny Radio?
2: That's fantastic.
3: Fantastic comedy playhouse clubhouse. Excuse me. Uh, live here in the studios uh, is um, eight o'clock. Six o'clock on Fridays. At eight o'clock on Friday. I should mention there's an open mic. So if you're a comedian mm-hmm. in the Bay Area and you like to perform, uh, you can come on by on Monday and Friday or just, you know, yeah, put your ear to the buzz and hear when the next show is. Uh donate two bucks and at the end, it'll broadcast as a podcast. You know? So you'll be on the streaming, you perform, you stream live, then you can listen to your podcast and then, you know, you, know. you it, listen, maybe improve your act. If it's a killer set, keep the audio, <laughs> posted it on Zimzam. You got it all set up. Is that a real thing? Yes, copyright Mike Spiegelman. Zim-Zam. So, Carl, oh, no. Carl. No, no, actually, I take that back. I think Zimzam is uh, something Colin Mayhem came up with for uh, okay. Great Difficulties or Sketch Group uh, or something similar to that. Uh, Anyway, uh, Carl, what is a movie we're watching? What public domain? What movie entered the public domain in 2022 that we're watching today?
2: the general 1926 that's all you put in the search engine the general 1926 and we like the the channel <laughs> one. Ma- Magiblot, not
3: Magiblot, but magi blot one Magi blot not maga blot but magic not magic blot but magic blot one uh go ahead and type in the general 1926 when you find that link for magic blot click it then hit pause move the timer to the left and at the countdown uh, when we say go, click go. Uh, click the start button, Carl. We're not going to say go. I'm yeah. very excited to start, or kick off our show with a great yeah. segment. Uh, Carl has scoured the world, and he has found a celebrity comedian to grace us and to do our countdown. Let's yeah. meet this this celebrity comedian. Carl, Thank take you. it away.
2: Yeah, stand by. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Celebrity Countdown. This time with. Adam Spiegelman. (laughs) Welcome, Adam. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. How's everyone doing?
2: Spiegelman. Spiegelman. It's such a familiar last name. I happen to do a podcast, and I do believe the guy's your brother.
1: Who? Rick?
2: No, no. The other one. Michael.
1: Michael. Yeah, I know him. Mike Spiegelman. Yeah.
2: Right? It was the two of you growing up together. What was it like being with Mike the whole time?
1: Oh, it was great. Yeah, I love Mike. I love him like a brother, which works (laughs) out. He, uh, you know, I I learned a lot of uh, weird stuff from my brother, and I, you know, something I appreciate—that you know, the Doctor Dementos and uh, Uh the weird ministry and that kind of weird music, and then Neil Hamburger. And uh, oh, you know, can I tell a quick story? That yes,
2: please do.
1: Well, I was working on a the neil hamburger is this guy who uh it's really funny like he just he does these cds of being the worst comedian ever and he puts in a fake audience and he's just terrible and bombing and he's it's really hilarious and just well i when you see him live half the audience loves it and half the audience is like what the hell is this (laughs) um so uh mike introduced me to it. he found a cd he sent to me i used to play it my roommates were like what is this crap so i was working on this talk show and they're like we want out of the box uh, like a late night talk show we want one out of a box thinking we want stuff that you think that i would hate and i was so annoyed with this guy i was like you're gonna hate neil hamburger <laughs> so because of mike i found him on the internet he was in australia opening up for rock bands who's on a rock label he's like yeah next time I'm in la oh come on so every convenience bombed on the show they just weren't it had a rep of being a bad place to perform so we just assumed he would bomb and we we're going to take um shots of people in the audience and he did great with wow. his terrible material but it was just such a great thing to watch him and he got to be on tv and that kind of relaunched his career so thanks to mike spiegelman and then mike got to open up for him in san francisco
2: terrific um,
1: but mike's kind of responsible for that guy's career
2: Oh, well, he's a kingmaker mike
1: spiegelman <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a kingmaker neil hamburger fish burgers you know <laughs>
2: Fishburgers, burgers yeah now mike loves bad movies and you you know that's what you know why this podcast was born and you too uh i wouldn't always say that they're bad but you're really into films you even have your own podcast called proudly resents tell me about that
1: oh my god uh yeah so mike got me into loving and appreciating bad movies i don't know if you're around the same age but not you are obviously but a lot older than me but uh like night flight and like weird stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. channel 31 um so i love bad good bad movies and movies that are so bad they're good also there's like weird cult films so i have this podcast proudly resent and i did it for about five years so there's a lot of episodes yeah so they're all new to you and then it's split up into if you go to proudly resent interviews you can get interviews with weird directors and actors and lot of crazy you know great stories and i yeah, got a lot of great the guests
2: room, right the room was uh
1: so i was a, one of those early people with the room
2: mm-hmm. and
1: totally obsessed with it and i got, have an interview with everyone except for um like i have tommy wiseau i don't have the, the craig cisco their best friend um but i have everyone i have the the mom who dies of cancer or has cancer but it gets cured and yeah it's great talking to those people and meeting them and they're all some of them are fantastically weird and some of them are just fantastic and you know and the guy the, my big interview was the guy who claimed he directed the room that so he did <laughs> all the work if you saw the movie the disaster artist he was played by seth rogan uh-huh. um,
2: i remember that guy yeah that character yeah
1: so he i, I don't really i mean he did say action and cut so yes, that makes him a director. That makes
2: him a director, yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: But he his stories are great about uh about the room. And so there's a lot of great stories. So I do interviews, with a lot of great stories, and then we have comedians, uh mostly my brother, but other famous comedians come on and talk about their favorite bad movie and we dissect it kind of like what you guys do but after watching it.
2: Now one time, uh we got to be a part of proudly resent Sean Connery his last film ever was an animated film called sir billy it was a horrible film uh and you invited us on to proudly uh uh, resents to to cover the film Uh, i thought it was a pretty good episode
1: you were great is that you're fishing because you're fishing you were great you deserve it um (laughs) yeah that was one of the few ones i hadn't seen because usually i'll I'll always see the movie but you just died and you guys had seen it and it just looks so awful yeah i'm kind of semi-retired so uh i just didn't want to have to watch it um if you go on the website of proudlyresents.com there's one with mike right away and then the next one uh i'm trying to remember what it's called but you see a white man and a black woman it's literally about this white it came out like three five years ago so it's recent it's about this white guy that pretends to be a black woman on a radio show and no one notices and of course he's a big hip and uh it's uh, a wild movie. And uh, I interviewed, and it, it was great because the person I got to be on the show with me was a woman who, a black woman who does radio advice. So, like, she's the real deal. And he's making a movie. So, it was great to get that side of the perspective.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, we got onto your uh, podcast, but you also once came on to our podcast it was a double header we called it the montclair episode they used to do those after school specials and there was one called what if i'm gay and you were actually in it and you came on our our podcast and did the episode with us the famous bunk in the hallway was your highlight
1: I, you know when you say my highlight i think it's all of our high, I, like it humbles me <laughs> Um, it was kind of a big moment in, you know, in cinema. Yeah. I'm gonna call it in uh, high eight or whatever they shot the movie on. Um, yeah, it was a great moment. They were shooting uh, an after school special in our school and we just hung around all the time to try to get on it and ask a million questions and what everything is. And so I got to bump the guy, but they said, you gotta bump the guy, but not really bump the guy. So I was too scared to over bump the guy. So I didn't really Should bump I... the guy that was. Well. Watching it 20 years, 30 years later, really bump the guy but he reacted like I fucking smacked him
2: he's a good yeah, actor yeah that's right it was part of the uh plot in which he's come out or it's suspected and and the school he feels like they're against him and your shoulder bonk uh really heavily played into that plot
1: so kudos to you <laughs> if you read TV guide at the time it's about a guy who gets a shoulder bonk because he's gay that's how they <laughs> described it in the I wrote it. I wrote that thing. Um, it, and the truth is, in our high school, if you were gay, uh, no one cares because they do care about themselves, right? Nobody, <laughs> nobody gives a shit. You couldn't do much in our high school to get attention. So
2: now, uh, staying with the theme of bad movies, uh, one of the things that you and your brother share, besides a bad movie podcast, is you're both honorary members of the Razzies, and I think you even went to one of the
1: ceremonies once right yeah I feel like I went twice but I went once when I first moved to LA back in 1998 or 99 um yeah so they do Razzies is the opposite of the Oscars the idea like they give awards right. for the worst movies but they also like look for bad movies and unlike me and I think Mike as well and probably you but they're mean. Like their point is to make fun of these people and be mean. I I try to like just show bad movies that I love and why I love them uh-huh. because they're bad. Um, I you can argue some bad movies are better than good movies. A uh, quick example is my wife and I. I don't know why she's watching the tr- the pilot for um. Twenty One Jump Street. Uh-huh. I know it's a real reach. It's on Peacock plug, and um, you the the cop says to Johnny Depp. You're, you have a sense of humor, like your dad. And then they cut to a picture of him and his dad, him as a little kid and his dad is obviously dead. And then you hear saxophone music for a long time. And then you pull the camera out and it's Johnny Depp playing saxophone. Interesting. <laughs> like, Very the, cool. So that's better than most things, uh, you know, ever. So anyway, Razzie, sorry. Um, they kind of make fun of the bad movies and it's kind of fun to see. And uh, I was able to interview the guy who did it a couple of times but they do like a comedy show and they kind of make fun of him um hopefully they'll keep doing it and i think that it's now that things have to be online for a while i think that's even better you know a little more mystery and uh Mm -hmm. it's all about the announcements right you want to and the celebrities go to it halle berry went for catwoman um uh, and i think tom cruise i want to say that but that's really big that's true but they all have a sense of humor. You know, they realize it's a bad movie. Not all, but most. Oh, All About Eve. Um, uh, Sandra Bullock. Right. Uh, brought a wheel. It's just so funny how L.A. is a bunch of, we're all a bunch of ass kisses. She, they just kiss <laughs> their ass to come on. She wins for this movie called All About Eve, or All About Steve, rather. And she brings a wheelbarrow of the movies and says, if you think this is shit, here's a wheelbarrow of shit. And then everyone <laughs> clamors for a copy of, the free copy of the movie from, you know, Sandra Bullock. Yeah, You just voted as the worst movie of the year, and now you're going to kill each other for a copy.
2: That's a kiss-ass, all right.
1: (laughs) That's our business.
2: Now, you talked about moving to L.A. in the late 90s, and that's really because you do a lot of producing out there. But I remember uh, the launch of your career uh, when you were living in New Jersey in Montclair. You used to go down to Secaucus every day after school, and you'd be part of the Richard Bay Show.
1: Wow. This is even sadder than that. It was after college. I was living in New York City,
2: Oh, and I would yeah.
1: do the reverse commute. So, uh, I lived in uh, Alphabet City on the edge of Manhattan. So
2: I
3: remember.
1: I would rollerblade. I, yes, I was a homosexual. I rollerblade um, to the train station on the east, on the west side, and then I'd take the train to the Port Authority, then walk from the Port, across the Port Authority, and literally pass people I know in the business who live in New Jersey, work in New York. And they would wave and say hi. And then <laughs> You're I go going to going the other way. I'm going the other way. And then I would get on a bus to go to caucus And uh, we produced the Richard Bay Show, which was
2: I, You a really cut your teeth on that show, right? You you've got a lot of stories about booking normal people uh on shows like that, on shows like divorce court. Uh so one guy didn't even know how to take a plane, right?
1: Well, here's the thing. So I you book these shows with real people. And, uh, you know, if you watch like Maury Povich or Springer, we were, I'm so, we would watch Springer, but like, they stole that from us. So we were like Uh old school Springer. So anyway, you book real people and they're not, you know, they haven't been on a plane. They haven't been out of their hometown. So this guy is going to come on the show. Uh, my boyfriend is so full of himself and we have like five couples and we're flying him in and, um, he doesn't show up. And then I call him like, Randy, where were you? And he's like, yo man, I get to the airport. And there's no one there with the sign.
2: Uh, like, for him, like, uh, like, to so walk to the plane. Guy? I go,
1: no, the guy with the signs on the other side of the airport when you get here. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so he couldn't have oh, him on the show if so we had to like rearrange stuff. And, uh, oh my goodness. Know, people were like, that happened all the time. People, uh, just didn't know anything. One guy, he just kept calling me about, like, yo, man, this hotel stinks. You know, uh, it like, was what are trailer. you gonna
2: do about it?
1: You know, you know, you know, I don't have this, I don't have that. And then he calls me and goes, I don't have a toothbrush. I go, Grow up. It was divorce. School. I go, Grow up. You're, I'm not getting you. a, You didn't bring a toothbrush. They're not your mom. He's like, oh, All right. Like, this is enough of these. When you get like, All right, that's enough. I'll put up with a lot, but that, that's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's when uh, you... I mean, because I'm sure that you need the guy. He's got to be on the show, so you're doing whatever he needs, making him comfortable, but I guess you've got a limit.
1: All Please right, A, I have, have a limit, and B, he's in my hotel room, so he, we're going to get him to the show. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have done it from his house. I would have been like, oh, we got a toothbrush, and we'd have a toothbrush there. But you're right. All you want to do is lure these people there and get them on set. And it, it, it is really hard to get them from A... Because now I work with celebrities, and you don't, or real people that are a little more experienced, so you you don't really have to worry about that. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're gonna get on the plane or whatever. So you worry about that stuff, and then you can't find them. So one of the tricks in dates on TV to find people is um we would send a pizza to their house. Uh-huh. This is before cell phones, so if the phone didn't work, they didn't pay the bill, they're not answering. uh You, you look up where they live, and you find like. Uh, domino's pizza and you call him up and say listen uh i'm trying to reach this person can you put a note in the pizza and i'll give you an extra five dollars <laughs> very sure.
2: nice
1: what does the note saying? it says call adam at blah, blah blah to be on divorce court and i remember this one guy was like my wife will never do it she'll never do it come on your show so i send her the pizza and she's like yo the only reason i called you is because i didn't have dinner for these kids and you sent me a pizza and then i had dinner smart. for these kids
2: very i mean I, I say smart but that sounds just like a lucky happenstance
1: but it's perfect. Okay, oh, can I do one know? more divorce court story, real quick? Yes,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do.
1: Um, this woman called. You know, you get it. You get a list of phone numbers of people to call back. So I call this woman back, and uh, they called the eight hundred number on the show, and it sounds like it's so weird. It sounds like she's at church or something. And I go, "Hey, um, there's a lot of noise behind her." She says, "Oh, I just was looking for advice. I'm gonna be on the show." And I was like, "Well, I'm not a lawyer. I can't give advice." And she says, "Sure, thanks." And while she's talking, I hear, like church bells going off
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: i go uh, i'm sorry to ask but where are you and she says oh i'm a stripper and i'm at work and that's the song hell's bells i have to get on stage
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh you can't make it up man now you talked about five years uh with proudly resents and then every now and then coming out of retirement to do an episode or two But how can people find Proudly Resents on the internet, on social media? How do people get to uh, check it out?
1: Go to um, proudlyresents.com. Oh, that's too Um,
0: easy?
1: Yeah, it's too easy. And then on iTunes, Proudly Resents. When you put it in iTunes, it'll come up with... I split it up. You can get all 250 episodes, or you can get just the interviews, just Mm -hmm. the reviews, just the ones with Adam Felber or Chris Gore or Todd Levin we kind of split them up. And also the Christmas episodes um, are pretty great. We have some great Christmas movies that we make fun of, including um, Kurt Cameron's uh, Saving Christmas.
2: Yeah, we saw that on our podcast. Really bad film. Really bad film.
1: It's an insult, right? Because it looks like an action comedy and it's just a TED Talk.
2: Yeah, <laughs> It's a TED Talk. That's a good way to put it. With a Christian bend. And, right. Uh, okay so adam and adam spiegelman everyone at home is poised to watch this movie to press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio so why don't you take it away adam spiegelman and give us that celebrity countdown
1: ready your pants on i'll take them off three two one play
3: all right. Hey, no ads. Nice <laughs> to have a YouTube movie with no ads. By the way, that was a great uh, comedian celebrity countdown. countdown. Yeah. Well, uh, look at this. Buster's given Buster Keaton, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and right. gentlemen, Buster Keaton.
2: See, it's only, it says written by two people, but it was really written by like five.
3: <gasps> really? And yeah. Then the, the Guild was created, the Writers Guild was created. <laughs> it was adapted by, so that's two people right there. Yeah, people, yeah, so they always do the cast up front. Do they do? I forgot. Is this a movie where if someone gets introduced, they have like a little picard that says, you know, it's Annabelle Lee,
2: uh, it's a placard? placard. Um, look, what did I say? Look at that copyright, Joseph M. Schenck. Why Not
3: anymore? He was copyright. the
2: producer, he funded it,
3: he copyrighted it up front. It must be a new thing, copyright. No. Now, I've
2: been to Marietta, Georgia, so it's a little neat to see a sign. The thing is, this is really Oregon.
3: But this is an actual train. I mean, you can't forget that uh, they're shooting this, all practicality.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: This, this is not a movie screen. There's actually a, a, a camera crew on the side of this train shooting it. You know, it's a... Uh, now, this kind of,
2: train was yeah. a hauling lumber. It was just a leftover remnant. He got the guy who went scouting locations. Was able to purchase three trains, and that's what they used throughout this.
3: That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's expensive, isn't it? Buy three trains for a movie.
2: Well, this okay. He had a budget of four hundred thousand dollars. Now that would shoot up to seven hundred and something thousand, and really piss off that Shank guy. Oh, no uh, copyright,
3: copyright Shank.
2: Right, Joseph Schenk.
3: It's not Schenk, there's an extra e in there, it's like Schenck.
0: Yeah, let's
2: see, Joseph SCH, no, E N C K. It's missing a vowel, is what's going on. Well, anyway, this guy was a bit of a skunk. He's the reason, and this movie is the reason that like Buster Keaton lost his independence and had to work for MGM for the rest of his life.
3: Right, yes, that's story.
2: Now, look, he's, these kids are just tagging along with him. They think it's cool that he's an engineer. We really don't know why, and we'll never see him again in the film after they go.
3: Well, that's good. They had a child labor laws back in 1926. They were only allowed to work 80 hours a week. So, <laughs> uh, you know, they must have hit the maximum. But it was time for school. Oh, rude to take your hat off first. Now the joke is she was
2: behind him the whole time.
3: Oh. And the kids saw it too. Well oh, she is definitely pretty, I guess. Pretty dress.
2: She's pretty.
3: The kids walk in with him?
2: Yeah, the kids walk in and proceed to sit.
3: Now is so, this a sound stage, Carla? What do you think?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Uh her name is Annabelle Lee in the movie. Her name her real name is Marion Mack. Now look how clever he is to get rid of the kids.
3: Oh, he's going to leave. Wah, wah. That's me at every that's that's what happened when I, I have a new job. They're like, "Yeah, here, go speak when you go up in front of us." He was a model. Buster Keaton. Uh, she was
2: a bathing beauty oh. for $25 a week. Her film debut was On a Summer Day in 1921. I don't know. That's the way it is with all these actresses and actors. You're not going to know the films they were in. or Well,
3: can you anything. guess what? I, I always try to guess what the film is about at least. Like On a Sunny, sunny Day, it's like probably about romance, right? Maybe a little frolic. Yeah. Well, it's this about is called it. the General.
2: Okay, so it's war. Okay, it's the Civil War. I'm going to enlist. Not without me, son.
3: What side are they on?
2: In, uh, the the um, Confederate States. They are rebels. This is oh. the South. You see, this is based on a real event. It really was the North. But Keaton felt that it wouldn't be sympathetic, so we switched it to the South.
3: People would be sympathetic to the South? Yeah. Huh. That's what he said. So the story was that this a uh, guy who's in the north on the on the other side. The real life story? Yeah.
2: Okay. There's a real incident in the Civil War. Okay, here it is. Union agent James Blah 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 led a squad of twenty-one soldiers on a daring secret raid dressed in civilian clothes. Andrew is and his men traveled into And by rail into the southern states, sabotage the rail lines, disrupt disrupt the Confederate army supply chain. And at the band of, they stole a locomotive named the General at Big Shanty. They're headed north, burning covered bridges, cutting telegraph lines. Wow!
3: Yay! The North shall rise again. Wait a minute. So they stole a Southern train called the General. Yes. (laughs) And in this movie, they just it's it's about. Oh, all right. That's the only thing they kept is the Southern train named the General. And the rest of just flipped.
2: Well, they flipped it, but yeah, they do the same. It is the same plot. No, it's just, wait a second. It, it's just that we're sympathetic with the South. It is the Union that does the raid and everything. I look at him, it, he's like, back off, buddy. I mean, there was no sense of personal space. I just like uh, the movie that he, there was some finally.
3: He is really funny. I mean, he's trying to act all manly and stuff. Like his head is up high. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's like one of those boys that try to act like a man. Right, so,
2: right, right. Yeah. They think he's more valuable as a uh engineer for the South. Right. But they don't tell him that. They just say, get out of here, you. So he thinks it's because he's not, you know, physically fit or something.
3: Oh, he got four F. Yeah, Confederacy. Really? You know what, guys? I'm going to join the other side.
2: So, first, he compares himself to this tall guy.
3: I'm comparing myself to those licorice sticks. What do they get? <laughs> uh at the candy in there. That's like maybe seven cents worth of candy in there, those jars. <laughs> oh, man. What kind of fat pig would I be? Like, hello, I would like two peppermint sticks. <laughs> now,
2: this guy, it's the other way around. They let this whip in. Yeah, sure.
3: Yeah, he's more hat than man.
2: Look at this invasion of personal space. He feels his muscles.
3: Carl, this is Buster Keaton, physical comedy king. <laughs> One thing I love about silent movies is that it's usually a nondescript locations. So I do like the fact there's a, a storyline, and you know, it's it's in a place because usually it's just like in in the park. You know? Right.
2: Occupation,
3: (laughs) bartender. Tough guy. Yeah. You know, it's the same guy, right? Wait a minute. I'm a tough guy, boys. Get out of here, you. No, I want to join the war. That's a funny joke. He won't
2: say that. He'll say, if you lose this war, don't blame
3: me. (laughs) There is a huge lineup to, to sign up. Now you have an app. Oh, he got in. Yeah,
2: he got in.
3: Oh. Hey, wait
2: a what is minute. What do you talk?
3: Your name's not Beauregard. <laughs>
2: right.
3: Oh, sorry, I dropped that. Just get a reward. Now watch how he gets kicked out. Ouch. I do like the walls. So those are like little like compartments where you could pick up medication or something. <laughs> oh no, that's where they keep the medication. Like, if you want, like, a sarsaparilla, there's, like, a sarsaparilla drawer or something. Ooh. I need some aloe. <laughs> they have lamp oil and stoves. Way to go. Hey, boyfriend, come here. No, thanks. My uh, from what I
2: tried last time. They're like, what a disgrace. He won't even get online. Can you believe that fucking bullshit, man? Wait a minute! He was on that line. He was there earlier.
3: Oh, look, free library. They don't uh, know
2: it. They don't know
3: it. They all think he's a coward that he didn't roll because otherwise he would have been sent. Right. Hello. Hey.
2: Look, we've enrolled. We've enrolled. Yes, but what about my hunk?
3: Did he? Oh yeah. Did Johnny enlist? No. No, he's a weasel. Sorry. Yeah. He's a disgrace to the South. He hates slavery. He won't defend it. <laughs> he is a disgrace to the South. Oh, wait, are we early? Are you faster than me?
2: I don't think so. I, I know
3: right. by heart. So I was saying. Oh, that. fair enough.
2: All right. The very next second an interstitial comes up, I'll let you know. So look, he's going to, he's sorting the mail, throwing stuff out. Uh
3: huh. Bill, he sees Bill. the picture. Bling! Yep. Stealing the movie from Buster Keaton, are we? Hello, darling. Johnny. Why won't I you fight the North? The... They wouldn't take uh, me. Are we in sync? Yep, I just got that. He doesn't believe him.
2: Please don't oh, lie. She... I don't want to shoot. you back to my gun until you're in uniform. Do you understand that?
3: I love a man in a uniform. I, I love the way they shoot. What was that song? Uh, I don't know it, but... You don't? Right.
2: I love a man in a for You on a unicorn.
3: Yeah, on a unicorn. I love the way she... That's a great song. Yeah, I'll I'll remember the band. These are all practical. We it
2: Now, there is one thing here I strongly suspect is CGI, and I'll show you when we get to it.
3: Is it the Velociraptor? (laughs) That's correct. You remember that thing?
2: Look, this... They spent the money to really make that camp right there.
3: You know, this movie was what, 1926? What year was this movie? So, this movie was 1926. Ooh, this, thank God we're not watching the color version of this.
2: These two guys right here were like in 250 films and 200 films. <laughs> One on the right was a Keystone cop. I mean, these, oh. guys, yeah. Boy, I tell you, when silent films are dead, doesn't matter what the fuck you did in silent films. That was yesterday. They got all new people. Oh my god, that must have hurt theaters. So,
3: well, you know, in, in that respect, they had all new uh, theater So we weren't even part of it. Well, no, we get to be part of their theater goer. Like yeah. the people who watched them died with them. Big. So those people watched up to 1926, say, hey, and then they died. But we. Are here in the 21st century, almost 100 years later, we've seen, you know, the last 10 years of movies, but we have access to 100 years ago. Yeah. So we're cooler than them. Yeah. If we I even did. bothered. Not, you know, but we can communicate with them, but they would have no idea what's going on if they came and watched TV with us.
2: So this is the real life plot. They're going to go into Southern Territory. They're going to steal a train and they're going to fuck shit up. So they can destroy the supply lines to the southern states.
3: Oh, all right. So so this is, seems kind of true. So it's basically the true story, but it's the sympathetic guy is the, the, In the uh, south. Right. Yeah. You kind of want the train, though. You want the hero to have the train, right? You don't want to be like.
2: Oh, he'll get it. <laughs> He's not letting that train out of his sight. He loves what? his train and he loves his woman.
3: Would you say this is your favorite train movie?
2: Uh I
3: don't think I have a favorite
2: train movie. sir. Um, I think Water for Elephants was probably the best train movie ever. I mean, he really trained those tigers. <laughs> we it was did a see great train did, movie.
3: Didn't we watch Runaway Train with John Voigt? I we
2: don't did. think so.
3: I finally had the chance to see that movie. That was a good one. Great train robbery. Not on YouTube, I looked.
2: Okay, so this is the plan. 20 minutes
3: Day to depends. get
2: lunch in big shanty. Now I think that our hero, um, Annabella Lee, doesn't have money or something because instead she hides on the train. Maybe she's so embarrassed she doesn't have money. I don't kind of get it. See, she reaches in there, no money, or or so she goes and hides. Now there's a trunk, her trunk. So maybe she was getting food out of it. Yeah. Now look oh, me. Buster Keaton will have soapy hands. One second, and then poof, they're not soapy anymore. Okay, look, his goof is gonna give the message, the signal. Swap.
3: Let's go. <laughs> Come on, really everybody. Really swab. They couldn't smell those northerners. Hey. It's a Southern Bell. Southern Bell. I was gonna say, bye bye Bell. Oh, they took the Southern Bell.
2: Well, yeah.
3: Oh boy, this an a awesome the situation.
2: Tell people they're scared.
3: Look at his soapy
2: hands.
3: Okay, looking Soapy, okay. soapy hands. Look at his soapy hands. Kinda soapy.
2: No, no not
3: soapy. No, they're soapy. They are not. They, they are, are the white. Listen, man, the sun cakes your hands. Uh-huh. Okay. These guys did not got- notice twelve Northerners in their fucking uh, depot. Come
2: on, gang! Come on, get my train! Get my fucking train! I love the general.
3: Do 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 do. By the way,
2: I'm so glad we mute the sound because the piano is so annoying.
3: Yeah, aw- I never, I never feel the need to listen to the original sound. I mean, I understand. Like, it's fun when you uh, go to the but theater. They- they script like
2: it, you see. Right. Can't telegraph a train has been stolen. So yeah, you go to the theater.
3: Well, uh, you know the mess, last message they were able to send was dash dash. Uh, yeah, you go to the theater like for silent movies. Sometimes there'll be accomplishment. You know, there'll be like a someone playing piano Accomplish. to it or. What did I say? Accomplishment. Yeah, there'll be accomplishment on the piano gotcha. alongside the music uh and uh, my accomplisher
2: tonight will be it's a companyist. A i don't com-
3: mind the, i don't mind when you're watching a, a silent movie with people and there's music because you're sharing that you know what i mean like you could both say this music sucks or whatever but uh-huh. it's, it propels it but it's so nice to watch a silent movie though that we don't have to worry about the dialogue watch this of- watch this how that's real that's real he really fell his ass over Oh, geez, fucking dude, I would hurt, like, motherfucker. He did all his own stunts,
2: really dangerous stunts.
3: Yeah. And there were accidents on the
2: film a lot.
3: Oh, nice. Yeah. A a wooden bicycle.
2: Physical guy, I mean, he's really...
3: People in 1926 are like, did you see him jump on the wooden bicycle? And I'm like, a wooden bicycle? What the fuck?
2: <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't even say wooden, right? It would be such a give. Yeah,
3: a bicycle, a two, a twofer.
2: Now he's he's a spy, so he's got his rebel his rebel uniform to wear. Look, these motherfuckers stole my train. I think they they're eating desserts. The deserters. Yeah, they're you know those kind of guys who love desserts. You mean deserters?
3: Look, he's checking his phone. Oh, no, it's a stopwatch. It's not a stopwatch. It's timepiece. Now, usually Pocket watch.
2: Buster Keaton, who makes some sort of weird fuck-up, but this is just coincidence and happenstance.
3: He's not pulling them. These guys are improv right now? No, what
2: I mean to say is in the plot, there was the yeah. happenstance incident. Oh,
3: using- so he's already... Oh, I got you. I thought like on this on the day of the set.
2: So, behind them, you know, he thinks he's dragging the soldiers. Now that he,
3: he sees that he's not. Oh, look. there's a cannon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, the old cannonball line around. I guess like cuz the Northerners were fighting them, they had like great cannons. That's oh, there you right. Go. Rack them up. They're still in the wood. Well, they've
2: got to uh, burn it in the furnace, of course, for the steam.
3: Someone's on oh, to us. Someone's following us. Come on! Oh, they're warping the wood with water. <laughs> warping it? No, the water's for the
2: steam to make the steam. Oh, so, I gotcha. I don't. So I, no, now, I have No idea. We'll get a water gag or two. They'll think it's raining. Oh man. What? Is and then then he'll walk out and go, Is it raining?
3: That old gag. Yeah. That's like what you're talking about like dad jokes. It's more like a great 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 grandfather. Right. Yeah. He does it every time the train goes by the water mill. The water silo. That's a joke
2: because they think also that the soldiers are being towed.
3: But it's just Buster.
2: That's right. It's just Buster. And when they find find that out, Buster's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. And he runs all the way off the train.
3: Link. Wow. Holy shit.
2: Yeah, he's really doing this.
3: Now, some of the stunts he does, like, you know, he climbs up a building, or that's Harold Lloyd, but, you know, these stunts, like, do you think people actually do this, like, on trains and shit like that back in the day? Yeah, this
2: is all... I'm not sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think people would go up the ladder and be on the roof for whatever reason. Okay, now this, the first time they ever did this, they put in way too much gunpowder and the cannon really fucking shot. They had to learn how to, how much he would count out the grains of gunpowder with a tweezers to get the perfect amount of torque to make a few jokes.
3: Wow, that's
2: the wrong word.
3: So it would be, be him. Like there was no one else on the set who was like, "Oh, I was in the Civil look, War. I could help you." You where the where the trajectory? Yeah,
2: yeah. To make that happen, he had to spend like, you know, I don't know, weeks trying to figure it out.
3: Here he goes again.
2: It had to happen for real.
3: It's insane. And what's crazy for me is the cameraman following him.
2: Yeah. Now, the joke is he put in too little gunpowder. So he's just going to put the whole canister in. Oh, my God. So he gets a little. He just puts in the whole canister.
3: Stuff. Yeah. Listen, you have one job. Shoot a fire.
2: Cannonball.
3: Cannonball. Now, that thing really going to fucking do, do, fire, do, right? do, 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 do. Yeah, I mean, like, usually you have people on the set who are experts who can assist, no. and they have, like, you know, uh stuntmen. <laughs> no, that's not the same timing, the right? The thing
2: I mean, is, this is all real.
3: They shot it out of sequence.
2: Probably. Look how it goes down.
3: Yeah. I'm that's sure it's shot sequence. It's like,
2: oh, fuck, It's gonna blow my feet! It's gonna fucking hit my train!
3: Oh, right because he's uh on the trajectory
2: he used the he trajectory he used the whole can of gunpowder look he's stuck
3: I know it's just another one that's good <laughs> <Any head sense? laughs> this is so dangerous look what they're doing uh, you know it is war Carl, and entertainment good. what's he doing well
2: he he's staying as far away from the cannon as he can but look, he goes around a bend, but misses him.
3: That's good. That is oh. good. Oh. Wow, well, that must be the whole army's after that. We better go, oh, boys. Right.
2: Fuck, they got cannons.
3: Well, too much baggage.
2: All right, so this boxcar, that'll fuck them up.
3: Oh, no, but that's where they've... Well, that's, you know, in the snow piercer, that's probably the, the poorest of the lowest of the cla- low class. It's
2: low class people. Low class,
3: yeah. The high class are in the front cars, as you know, as the brochure points out. Oh, so this, his train's going to slow down.
2: Well, I don't know if that... I mean, it's a steam locomotive.
3: Uh, right.
2: I, okay, so look. He pushes it off, changes the thing so he'll go straight.
3: Oh, no. And that guy So oh, man, This is incredible timing.
2: Yeah, I know. And there had to be take after take after take after take.
3: That'd be kind of fun to watch, the outtakes. Yeah. Is there any end credits? Did they show that?
2: The no, that, they
3: didn't know to do it.
2: That would have been good. All the ways they messed up.
3: There, that'll fuck them up. That'll stop. That will fuck them up. Oh, yep. Let's throw a penny down while we're at it. So look, he doesn't
2: see it, but the boxcar goes right back onto the track.
3: Oh, it's gonna derail. Let's see, dude. I want to. See, I would pay good money. I would pay like a nickel to see a fucking train derail. Really? Yeah, okay. 1926. I'll
2: take one. your bet. They go, you What know? the? F- how did it get in front of me?
3: You know, a nickel to see a Buster Keenan movie in 1926 is the equivalent of a nickel in 1926
2: one. Right. Now, what will you give me if there's a
3: derailment? Uh, I will give
2: you... Will you give me a 1926 nickel?
3: Yes. No, a penny. I probably have a 1926 penny somewhere. Look. Yeah, I'll give you a
2: 1926 nickel.
3: Derailed. Wow, that's pretty stunning.
2: You owe me a nickel. That saved him from the railroad tie that would have. Now he's like, "Where the fuck did it go?" <laughs>
3: Dude, now I owe you a 1926 nickel. Does that mean a nickel that's from 1926 no, or just the, the equivalent? Value, right. Just the value. Oh shit! I better mortgage my house. 1926
2: money. That would be a nickel.
3: Sixteen dollars. Fuck. <laughs>
2: Now this is one of the most dangerous things he did during the production. Look, he's got to first flick this thing off. Right. Seriously, if that thing hits him, it will cut him.
3: But he's not even looking. Look,
2: now here comes the second most dangerous thing, and they didn't—they di- didn't do it in sequence.
3: Good. Look,
2: he go—he has to <laughs> flip it off, or it would derail, Mike. It would derail. Boom one take yeah you know
3: i keep i keep telling you i said this last last time we watched the buster keaton movie for public uh, domain year. Right. i kept calling him harold lloyd but uh i did mention that john wick 2 and john wick 3 both start with footage from buster keaton uh he's running around the city and the second one and a buster keaton movie is being projected on a wall like while he, while he motorcycles by. Gotcha. Uh, and then in the third one, he's he's lost in Times Square, and there's a projection, and I believe it's from the general, of Buster Keaton suddenly shows up on the screen.
2: Right. Because Why do you say Keaton?
3: I don't know. Buster, it, Keaton. Buster Keaton. Buster Crouton. <laughs> Buster Keaton. Keaton. This happens
2: just like throughout the film. It's just, it's just full on, you know, 170 oh. heart rate.
3: It's, and it's one thing reverse. after
2: another. It's one thing after another.
3: Is he stuck? Oh yeah.
2: Oh they shit. greased the tracks, and then they pulled it. He never looks around. Now he'll turn and he'll drop it. He does that with the with the logs all the time. He's carrying logs, and then something he sees something, and he just drops them.
3: And also, his train's on fire.
2: Not his train. The the Confederate uh, the Union set their train on fire. It's really the general, so they're going to leave it in that bridge. They just they That's... think that they're being followed by a lot of troops.
3: Wow, and it's just Buster. Yeah, it.
2: Now this is real. It really was smoke.
3: Jesus Christ, and the camera's going oh. in. Oh, no, even the camera won't go in. Holy shit.
2: Yep, that's real fire, of course.
3: Carl, man, I would be dead to the world. I'd be like, fuck your little movie. I'm not going to sit through this fucking movie. You maybe go through a burning tunnel. I can't breathe. Seriously.
2: (laughs) Well, actually, there was... They started forest fires and stuff, and one time it was so bad they had to stop shooting for a while. And then, uh, like, uh, lots of rain came, and... It cleared
3: up all the smoke and they started filming again. Oh my god. Yeah. So they're just burning the, the trees.
2: Yeah.
3: And hey man, this is like a nickel's worth of entertainment. <laughs> Throwing a movie uh, a movie tone news reel and I'm all set.
2: Now these are Oregon National Guard Guards people. They, and when they're being the confederacy they wear these outfits and when they're uh-huh. union they wear those outfits
3: because that state wasn't in the war right that was in north or south oregon
2: no it wasn't even a state yeah yeah it was like a territory or something they hadn't reached cat when did they reach uh i actually maybe i'm 1860.
3: I don't, I don't know, it's been I
2: don't
3: know. Time. yeah but by the time they shot this movie it was a state
2: yes of course yep yeah. mm-hmm.
3: there we go everything's in order
2: now behind him is the you un- um yeah see they hid from the south and then the union will come through and sort of buster keaton will have to do the hiding
3: Gotcha. Yeah, that was pretty good timing on those guys. It's easier in silent movies because the director could be... Okay, guys, duck. Yeah. Well, you know, like, so, I mean, like, I I was glad uh, John Wick referenced him because every, like, movie I like, whether it's Jackie Chan or uh, say John Wick, it's all based on him and the visceral thrilly to these movies give. You know, and the stunts he does and the grace he does.
2: Like I got to change outfits. I'm dressed for the wrong side.
3: Oh right. Why do you like I...
2: John Wick? Blech.
3: Oh man, they're shooting four and five back to back.
2: They are really. There's going to yeah. be
3: four and five. Chapter four and chapter five, respectively. Oh, excuse me, not not a movie. They're chapters. I, yeah, it's a it's a novella. It's only five chapters up. Listen, each chapter is very there's each chapter has a certain, like, he gets beat up, he kills a guy. He gets beat up, he kills a guy. It's <laughs> just a page, it's a page turner. Every page he's in a fight. So chances are he's going to survive because he has another fight. Now, now, this look, is nuts.
2: They, they plan to drop logs on all of the Confederate soldiers. And then they see that it's only one dude.
3: And does he see it's spuster? Eton? No. Don't say key, Todd. <laughs> I am an alien. <laughs> what number are you on? I, I, uh, I think... What's your time, Carl?
2: About
3: uh, 3105, 06, 07, okay. 08. okay, cool. I'm with you. He's on a train, right? Nope, not <laughs> anymore. Okay, now, they see it's only one
2: man. So he is behind enemy lines, but he's jumped off the train.
3: We're doing a funny
2: gag with his hat.
3: Walks right into it. Man, what the guy's a genius. Buster, we got 10 minutes to kill. What are we going to do? We got a hat oh, and a tree.
2: The rain on me. Right. I not think
3: it's living. Oh, man. He's in the enemy's country, Carl. He's on the right. north side.
2: And he's rained. it gets being rained on.
3: But now, how do they do the rain? What do you think? They really. This must be like a. Bakery. Yeah, it's got to be a machine.